Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Brooke Paget and Elena Polly. So we are getting on to the holiday season, and we wanted to do an episode for you today, just touching base on our personal lives, where we're at um, in this moment after a year of craziness and growth. And, you know, there's a lot going on in the Wags of SCI world behind the scenes, and uh, we're transitioning into kind of a new model for the group. And so we wanted to touch on that and kind of touch on where we're going in uh, 2023. So before we go into that, obviously we have to thank our amazing, beautiful, wonderful sponsors who have helped us by lending their expertise to the group over the past few years. So our first sponsor is of course, she's famous now, Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. She is a specialist in brain and spine, but she also works behind the scenes for a lot of the WAGs of SCIs and their partners. When it comes to insurance, benefits, paperwork, specialists in your area, resources, medical advice, help. She knows how insurance companies works. She knows how the hospital systems work. She can help you when it comes to writing a letter or getting someone to listen to you. (laughs) She helps us behind the scenes with our personal cases and our advocacy efforts here in British Columbia. But she is available to anyone North America wide. She has an extensive, an extensive uh, network of professionals that she knows over her past, I don't know, 15 years of working in the community. We are so lucky to have her. You can find more information on Raman and Wishart Brain and Spine Law on our website. Go to wagsofsci.com, click on the legal resources tab, where you can learn more about how she works with the group and what she can do to help you. You can also visit her personal website, brainandspinelaw.com, if you want to contact her. Make sure you give a shout out to Wags of SCI when you contact her. Also, our beautiful sponsors, a quad and quad wife owned business, rollinginparadise.com. They are adaptive equipment specialists. They work in the community. They live this lifestyle. They are amazing advocates for the community, but they also are an amazing sales company. So they do everything from lifts and accessories to adaptive equipment of all kinds. If you need help with your equipment or you want to just help next time you want to purchase something mobility related, please contact Annalisa and John at rollinginparadise.com and support them. We love to support uh, WAG-owned businesses and quad-owned businesses. So you'll get the best service through them. So yeah, visit their website, rollinginparadise.com. 
So let's get into this podcast a little bit. Um, I know we've been getting a lot of emails talking about... These are emails from our podcast subscribers and our listeners just asking questions about you know what we're doing next and sending us amazing ideas on what you guys want to hear in the 2023 year. And firstly, I just wanted to thank everybody for doing that because we wouldn't exist without your support and your feedback on the podcast. So thank you for emailing and thank you for your requests. We've had a lot of questions about mental health and mental health advocacy and a lot of questions about just our personal journeys with that. So I know this is a big thing in the likes of SCI community right now is healing. And I think it's a worldwide thing. I think after the pandemic, a lot of people have just been focusing inward, which is amazing. With that, though, comes a lot of struggles and a lot of instances where you feel incredibly lost. And that's when community really, really steps up and plays a big role when you feel like you're being seen and being heard, whatever your journey is. And that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is being touchstones in the community to make sure that, you know, women just don't feel alone at the end of the day. Right. And, um, that being said, we want to do something a little bit more fun this episode. And that is kind of ask each other some questions and just kind of show another side to us that we haven't really been regularly talking about on this podcast. And that is our journeys just behind the scenes as women and where we're at right now in our journeys. And that in itself will be a good jumping off point to January when we will be doing more and more episodes and probably a series of episodes on mental health, emotional health, and different aspects of that and the nuances of that. Because I know that is one thing that the listeners really, really want more information on. And so let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's start talking. We're about to take a little bit of time for the holiday season to celebrate life, love, and relationships um, with our partners and do some self-care for ourselves and spend some time with our families. We wanted to basically say that we are rerouting WEGS of SCI, taking a new approach in the new year to start some really incredible projects. To those of you who have been following us since the beginning, you probably know a lot about about us now. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of stuff that we don't get into on the podcast. And we kind of thought we would open the doors a little bit to not only our private viewpoints on things, but our what we do for fun and um, just how we live. And hopefully everybody can learn a lot more about us. And yeah, we are going to be doing some really, really exciting things in 2023. And it's also going to be another season of our podcast. And we're going to take you guys along with us as we do these new endeavors. A lot of it involves public speaking engagements and a lot of it involves studies and being on um, the co-chairing committees for a bunch of different studies that are being started now around caregiving. So we are super, super excited about that. Then of course, we have our fundraising for date nights and for our social media channels. And we're going to continue on with that. Uh, but we're moving away. Yeah, we're moving away from um, the in-person meetup structure. And we're going to we're going to move to a more value-added community-focused 
online setting for WEGS of SCI. We're going to have Zoom meetups that are focused on specific topics instead of just gathering together and uh, bringing women together. We're going to bring women together, but we're going to bring them together under an umbrella of a certain topic. And so we just think that we'll be able to learn a lot more about each other this way and we'll be able to grow the group faster this way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it has been an incredible, how many years now? So we began Wags of SCI in 2017. Yeah, 2017. And we really kicked it off after Amber Ferguson. Amber Ferguson is a journalist, investigative journalist with the Washington Post. After she discovered Wags of SCI (laughs) and brought a much needed light to this incredible community to demonstrate love and support for partners, supporting their partners with spinal cord injuries. Mm -hmm. This life can be tough. Don't we know it? (laughs) But (laughs) both of us are partners of men who happen to have spinal cord injuries um, at a C4 and a C6 level quadriplegic. So we have learned this is a, you know, there's so much value in learned um, experiences, personal experiences and riding this wave with our partners before and after spinal cord injury. So we have been delighted to be able to have a voice in this community to support about, we have 2000 women on our private discussion group and about 12,000 people um, following the WAGs of SCI in I would say in a pretty short time, considering that we've done this grassroots, we have supported people with date nights from collecting funds from picking up pop cans. I still remember those days. Yeah, we, you know, it's been it's been extremely beneficial to be able to give back to our community and really grow our hearts. Our hearts have have expanded in ways that we never saw imaginable. So this has been great. For sure. And I remember when we started this group, we kind of said to each other, you know, we didn't really know what to do with ourselves. To be honest, we were kind of in a position where we wanted to help others, but we also um, really, really didn't know where our life was going. And so we kind of both We also we- didn't have the funds. <laughs> we had zero dollars when we began this. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of said to each other, we're like, well, we don't really know what to do with ourselves. So why don't we try and help others? And why don't we try and form connections to people like us? And I think it's worked out really, really well so far. We have a really important um, kind of announcement. It's not 100% finalized yet, but it pretty much is. We are going to be joining forces with the Kessler Foundation. So everybody in the States kind of knows who the who Kessler Institute is. It's one of the biggest rehab hospital systems in the US. And we're partnering with them to and their research team um, to do some qualitative and quantitative research on caregivers and what caregivers actually need. And their team is absolutely incredible. It's led by a female doctor. Um, She is amazing. And we'll get into more details in the new year on this. But we just wanted to update everybody um, as to where we are now and where we're going. And we hope that everybody has enjoyed the ride so far. I know we have. But while we're on the topic of growing and, um, you know, moving the group along, we wanted to kind of get back to who we are as women and just talk about what we're doing now in our lives and kind of like the behind the scenes who we are. So let's start with you, Elena. (laughs) What is 
something that you've accomplished this year, specifically this year, that you never thought that you could accomplish? Let's start off with a, a heavy, a heavy <laughs> question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no pressure. No. Um, well, I have experienced a tremendous amount of loss this year. Um, February, February to June was pretty heavy in our lives. We lost um, some family members. We lost my mother. And so the biggest, I've, I've seen some dark times, I would say this year specifically, um, in terms of like self, myself. Um, and I've put in a lot of effort for growth with my, within my mental health. I have also, with the help of my physician, gone off of pharmaceuticals altogether. All so I'm off of my SSRIs. For those of you who are unaware what SSRIs are, basically serotonin reuptake, um, which is an antidepressant, anti-anxiety. So I had been on 100 milligrams of Zoloft for the last 15 years. And after the loss of everybody, I realized that within the deep, deep sadness that we experienced that there was actually nothing to fear. So throughout the last few months, I have taken the journey to get off of them. And I can confidently say that it was the best decision, the best decision that I've made for myself. And I think especially being a caregiver and being in the roles that we are in as WAGs of SEI, we are so used to taking care of everybody else and being concerned about everybody else around us. And, um, so this was like a very challenging journey for me, not just the the physical act of getting off meds or, or whatnot, but actually pushing myself to think about myself first and foremost and what my needs are and not being completely dependent on my role as partner and caregiver to Dan, my, my fiance or my mom or, my friends or family or pets, but actually taking the plunge to really focus on myself. It's been a huge challenge and I'm still working on it, but it's been worth it. Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of our listeners probably didn't know this was going on with you because you're so good at just like maintaining your cool and, and, you know, getting to it and, you know, you keep going, right. You keep going through the shit. And this is, this year has been really challenging for you. And I am just like in awe at your, most people would want to go on SSRIs after something like this happened to them. Right. Whereas it's like, you are just like, no, enough is enough. I've kind of found myself through the grief. Right. Which is, it's one of those silver lining things where it's like, you can view it as your life was kind of torn up into so many pieces and you had to like find yourself again. And that could be devastating, but you've actually found a way to work through it and to kind of get more into who you are from that. Yeah, cool. no, absolutely. It's a, it's also, and you and I talk about this all the time. It's like the perspective shift. Um, we are living in a time now where I feel like a lot more people have a voice and their own thoughts and are feeling more when I say your own thoughts, following their own thoughts and beliefs. And I feel like there's a lot more support from our communities and um, to, to sort of grab the bull by the horns and people are feeling more brave to construct their own beliefs and their own solutions instead of 
completely handing everything over to somebody else to fix or deal with. And I, and I have a lot of respect for those individuals who are able to say like what you said, you know, this is a hard time for me. How do I fix it? Do I take another pill? How do I mask it to do the absolute opposite? Yeah. To do the absolute opposite and just rip it all apart and realize, like I've said to you so many times, we go through our lives being afraid of the boogeyman, yeah. wondering what's around the corner, but then you mm-hmm. turn the corner and you realize there's nothing there. There is yeah. no such thing. Yeah. You're the the biggest misconception is the of the fear of itself, right? You the biggest thing that's holding you back is just the thought of the fear of whatever the thing is that is whatever the stimuli is that is is causing that fear and causing you to be crippled by that fear is the thought of it itself, not the actual thing. And I've really truly learned that um, from my perspective, but anyways, we're going to move on. And before we move on, I think that, um, a lot of people, uh, would probably want to more, know more details on your journey about this. And I think we should, if you're open to it, we should do another episode devoted to that. I think in the new year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course there, I'm a very open book. (laughs) I have, I have always been an open book and I absolutely support and commend anybody who is looking to take care of themselves first and foremost, when it comes to mental health, particularly, it is something that I think we have to learn to, we have to learn to solve our own problems. We really do. We have to, we have to take the big dive into the big dive into that water and be like, you know what? I am capable of dealing with this myself. I don't need somebody else to necessarily heal me. I don't need to put my life in somebody else's hands all the time. Um, we are a lot more capable than I think that we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And, um, that's something that you and I both, we talk about all the time because we've both been on our own journeys with mental health, particularly with the pandemic. I think every caregiver we know is going through something. So it does affect every single individual. And I truly believe that every single person on this planet has had some sort of a journey with their mental health, that it does affect everybody. Yeah. And I think I'm just listening and as, and thinking as you're talking about an episode and we should do a series of this in January. I think, I think we should do a series on, um, just like the raw aspects of dealing with mental health and emotional health and how you can come out the other side. I don't think people talk about the details too often. So I think we should get into some details because I think people would really be interested in that and also find a lot of commonality in that. Cause you can feel very low when you're trying to deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So not trying Absolutely. to like rush this conversation. This is just kind of more of a mm-hmm. get to know us update episode as to what's going on, but we will do some episodes in the future and kind of di- dive deeper into this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still a heap of stigma around it. Like, yeah, I, I know personally when somebody posts something vulnerable about their mental health, people are very quick to judge and say, oh, that bitch is just like crazy. She's off. Oh, she must be off her medication or whatever, <laughs> right? Where it's like, yeah. that's actually a positive thing that we can learn to be confident within ourselves to heal ourselves. That's a very positive thing. And you are capable. This is your journey. Yeah. Like what I was saying to you earlier today. You know, we spend our a lot of our time on this planet, and our life is very short on this planet. Changing our presence, you know, we're always wanting to acquire something different than what what is and what we have. Yeah, and sitting in stillness and being aware and present seems so uncomfortable a lot of the time. 
that we want to alter that. And then, like I said to you, what what happens when we go into our next life or whatever that looks yeah. like for depending on your beliefs and then you're gonna say oh god i wish i was still in that presence and that stillness what can i take to get myself back to my experience on earth yeah like it's it sort of gives you a perspective shift of enjoy what you have now it's not gonna be forever our time here is very short for sure right yeah so. yeah all right brooke I'm going to now ask you a question and I I have a few questions in mind, but I'm like, I feel like you've done a lot of these things already. So would you rather meet someone from the past or someone from the future? Would I rather meet someone from the past? Oh, like a specific person. That's right. Do you have a specific person that you're like, I would love to have a conversation with them from the past or is it someone (sighs) from the future that you could be looking for? Um, (laughs) let me that's a hard one hold on let me think who would I (laughs) want to have a conversation with um obviously like I've talked about him in past episodes but there is a speaker and an author named Michael Singer who is my guy like he his um books the surrender experiment and his lectures he does a lot of lectures. He has a center in Florida where he is focused on his teachings about surrender and acceptance. Um, but he's hilarious and he is a super smart guy. He literally was the owner of a billion dollar company. Um, and he's, he's not only super successful, but he's a yogi. So he's just so unique. Um, and he's still alive. Yeah, he lives in Gainsburg. I think it's was called Gainsburg, Florida, on like a a plot of land that he bought when he was, you know, in the seventies. And he's amazing, and he helped me through. I would, po- I, I would say he saved my life. He saved me from going crazy. He saved me from myself, and he kind of. I did his course. Oh man, how long ago was that? Three years now where I kind of wanted to dig deeper into the process of surrender and healing. And I did his course and it kind of shook me into, I would say a dark night of the soul. And obviously like we can get into this in January more in our our mental health series, but he kind of shook me into a new perspective where I had to really, really dig very, very deep um, into like the depths of my being. And yeah, he was responsible for that. He literally changed my life. So I would love to have, I would love to do like a little yoga session with him and have coffee with him and just pick his brain and just be around him. Yeah. I'm slightly obsessed, but yeah, I've listened to all his lectures. (laughs) I've read all his books. I've listened to all his lectures and anyone who is looking for, um, a shoulder to lean on through you know, his speaking, definitely check him out. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my guy. (laughs) And for anybody who doesn't know what the dark night of the soul means, can you explain that? Um, so yeah, I think, you know what I think I let's, I'll, I'll just do like a quick explanation on it, but I think we should get into it in January, um, a little bit more in our mental health series, but, um, dark night of the soul is basically where you're kind of, it, it, Sometimes people can go into it. They see it as a depression, but it's actually not. It's when your whole life is kind of turned upside down, um, whether it comes from a physical ailment, whether it comes from a perspective shift, whether it comes from um, even, you know, 
ayahuasca or some sort of herbal plant medicine. It can come from a death of a loved one. It can come from a, even something like a job change where your life is just where everything, you know, it is kind of turned on its head. That's basically what the dark, right. Yeah. And so the whole point of a dark night of a soul is it's terrifying because you have nothing to grab onto. You literally don't know what to do except you have to train yourself to be in the present moment. And I believe that everybody has to go through at least one of these in their lifetime in order to process real change and in order to kind of level up in their being. And, um, yeah, I, I went through that a few years ago and, um, you know, I've been through a few, a few of those in my life. (laughs) I guess my higher self thinks I can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I can, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but when these things are happening to you, you, it is very, very ungrounding and, um, you don't think you're going to make it through at the time, but yeah, let's, let's get into that in January. So stay tuned and we'll discuss more stuff on the dark, <laughs> more of dark nights of the soul <laughs> and how Brooke and Elena jumped into the freezing cold ocean last <laughs> January to, to do, to help assist with their dark night of the soul. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay. I'm going to ask a next question of you. Um, what am I going to ask you? What? Okay. This is a good one. How do you like currently right now, what is your routine when you wake up in the morning and how does this tie into your self-care and your caregiving? Oh man. So currently right now, my routine is pretty well exactly the same. So since getting off my medication, I have like a zest for life again. Um, I don't feel like a sloth when I wake up (laughs) a lot of the time. No, I'm serious. A lot of the time, all I wanted to do was stay sleeping, stay in my bed, stay hidden. Um, I had this idea years ago that I, I, I kept on saying to myself, if only I could get up at a reasonable hour and feel alive, then I would have made it. Like that was my like checkbox. Like if I can do this, then I have a good life. And I struggled with that for a really long time for so many years. And now I wake, jump out of bed. Usually I wake up at the same time every day. Yeah. So like six, seven, my sleeping in, if I sleep in ever, it's probably eight o'clock, which is really nice. But, um, so I wake up, make my bed. It's the same thing every day. Make my bed, um, clean the kitchen, sweep, feed the dog, take the dog out. And then I start to make breakfast. And I want to say that it's not until my house is clean in the mornings, every morning, that I can start to cook or make breakfast or even have like a clear mind to creatively like think about my day. Mm-hmm. And our home care comes in. So we do have home care um, in the mornings to help dad get ready, which is a huge help because during that time, I can think about making us coffee, making us breakfast, and starting the day off right. Um, and that has been a huge, I would say, developing like a, a certain routine for both for you and your partner. It makes the way that you start your day makes it from what I've learned, it makes it so you can set yourself up properly to actually feel for myself. I feel very grounded. I feel like everything that I needed to do to start my day off properly is done. I'm not the kind of person, like I'm more of the kind of person, if I make dinner end of the night, I'm like, whatever, I'll leave a lot of the cleanup till the next day. Like I'm not always the kind of person that wants to be like, oh, I just want to clean everything up after dinner. I'm usually just so tired. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, when you're caregiving for your partner, like 
you you just want to hang out. You just want to spend, you know, the evening coziness, just sitting together, watching something, talking, playing a game, having a nice dinner together and catching up from what you've missed throughout the day. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. Well, that's cool. So that kind of gives us some insight. It's just so funny, like how, well, it's not funny, but it's very interesting how, you know, the majority of people think you would go on medications to not feel like a sloth in the morning, but yet you felt like a sloth in the morning on your medications. Again, we'll get into that in our January series on mental health um, Mm -hmm. as to why that is or whatever. But I just find that very interesting. It is. It's the opposite. Mm. Okay. So my question for you is, how do you stay healthy working from home and being a caregiver? What are some of the things that you do for your physical and mental health to keep Brooke Paget top notch? Yes. Top notch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Top notch. Okay. So, um, you know, I had asked you at the beginning of the episode, what was like the biggest milestone for you this year? And for myself, this, it's going to tie into this question because I am on three and a half years of it's, yeah, it's just over three, yeah, three and a half years as of next month is I will have been on my commitment to doing a physical activity every day. And for me, that is a huge accomplishment because I do not have consistency. Um, well, at least I didn't up until I started. That committing. is a huge accomplishment for anybody. Well, well, and here's the thing is like when I, when my partner first got injured in 2014, I spent a long time being too stressed to work out. I was too, I was too much in fight or flight. So at the end of the day or middle of the day, I would spend my time just trying to keep my head above water. And I didn't have the, I didn't have the chi or the energy inside me to actually want to do something physical. And I realized pretty soon into our journey that I would, you know, I'd start doing something for a couple of months and then I'd stop for six months. And I'd say, and I'd, that regret of like, oh my God, if I would have just kept going on whatever I was doing, whether it was walking, whether it was yoga, I was going to, you know, some class um, for working out, I would have been at a different place. I've never had that consistency ever. Even before my husband's accident, I never had consistency. I would always go up and down. And so, yeah, it, I put a note in my calendar as to when I was starting. And I started the first year was just every day I would walk five kilometers, no matter if it was raining, if it was snowing, I would just go, I would take my dog sometimes, but sometimes I would go by myself. And I've talked about this on the podcast a lot in the past, but Mm-hmm. Moving from that to jogging to I started doing yoga every day and just prioritizing my physical health was really important because like I've said in the past on other podcasts, I used to wake up with like a hundred beats a minute heart rate. I was in so much stress in the mornings that I knew I had to do something physical. And so I started doing that and now I've been consistent, whether it's like 10 minutes a day, I still count that as something I will force myself to do it, even if I'm tired. And yeah, I've been doing that for a few years now and it's paid off so much. Now I wake up in the morning and my heart rate is like the heart rate of a fit person. Um, I'm in the top, I'm in the top 32% of women in my age category on Apple health for VO two max. And I've like the physical aspect of myself is like, it's really translated into mental and emotional support. Mm -hmm. And so 
Yeah, that's something that I'm really proud of and something that I would encourage everybody else to. And again, we'll talk about this more in January when we talk about tools and techniques to help your mental and emotional state and how just being accountable to yourself is so important and how sticking to something just really makes you proud of yourself. And so, yeah, that, um, that for me is something, yeah, consistency for sure. That's amazing. And it's yeah. huge, right? That is huge. It's hard for everybody to do. And it's hard for people to talk about too, because um, like we beat up on ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And like I went through a phase where I would beat up on my, like say I wasn't feeling good for a day and I I was sick and I had to, I had to do something like just stretch. I would beat up on myself, right? But then you realize after, after a short period of time, you're like, no, like this isn't something, another avenue for you to beat up on yourself. This is a, this is an avenue for health. Right. And health is not beating up on yourself (laughs) and being proud of yourself for, for, like you said, staying consistent. We all do it. It's natural. It's human. And we, we all have excuses as to why we don't keep up with it. And your excuses are valid. That's Mm -hmm. one thing I want to say is they are valid because they're yours, but you have to, at least I do. I have to look at that and be like, why am I not moving my body more? It's only harming myself. So Anyways, you guys, um, I hope that it has been a little insightful. We wanted to do something fun, something easy breezy for you to get to know the founders of Wags of SEI, the woman behind Wags of SEI who started it all, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. We began this group in 2017 and we will continue to keep supporting our sisters and showing up in the gaps through healthcare that has fallen through. So we will always be here for you guys. Please feel free to send us in your questions. Keep them coming. We will do our best to answer them. Um, Thank you for the questions that have come in so far. We'll keep on doing episodes like this to keep you interactive and engaged. So until next time, take care of yourselves and love each other. Cheers. Cheers.